episode. Martina, how are you? Hey. How are things? <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. We just played IT for about 10 minutes. Right. We missed a regular IT person. No offense to Asian <laughs> Colin. But, um, yeah, we were having technical difficulties and... In my true spirit, I was like, I'll be back, you guys, while you guys figure it out. <laughs> You'd love somebody else to do it. <laughs> I'm not a technical person. I would have called my family and be like, can you guys? They'd be like, mm. no. So what's new? Um, Seeing as we know that you always like to have a little chat before we start this right. whole thing. So. Uh, no, I'm just soaking in the, first, I have a cold. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sinking, sinking in all of this holiday cheer from working at the mall. Mm. I made yeah. Christmas cookies last night, like true Hallmark Christmas movie, wow. or movie, movie cookies. Movie cookies. How's that going? It, oh, it was a total disaster, but it was so much fun. I had two friends come over, uh-huh. and that's what we did last night. But total train wreck, but it was a great time. So, so it was like nailed it? Yes. Oh, and did you see they have a holiday <laughs> episode? Yeah, holiday I started watching it already. Yes, I'm in episode two, but I stopped halfway. I haven't seen Is that the, the one with the dreidel cakes? No, that's the one with the slopey penguins. Oh, yeah, that was a train wreck. Yeah. The lady from Chicago with the first episode, seriously, somebody <laughs> give her baking classes because <laughs> she was horrible. Oh, I know. She's probably one of the worst ones I've seen, <sighs> oh, like, in all the seasons that they've done. I just, I love Nicole Byer. She's hilarious. Like, a lot of people don't like her because she kind of comes off a little annoying. But I like her. That whole, oh, what's the producer's name? Wes. Wes. That poor boy. Just can't catch a break with her. I'm sure they were like, she's going to hate on you and you're going to. You're going to take it. You're going to take it. Because they're like, we don't want no sexual harassment lawsuits or something. (laughs) And then with the firefighter, the first episode was hilarious. Oh, yeah. The guy with the blue t-shirt on. You guys need to watch Nailed It. It is. It's a good show. Yes. So we have a great show. Um. For you guys today, a lot of information. A lot has happened in the last, since the last podcast. I know. Um, well, and this will be the last podcast of the year or two. And just seems like we're trying to cram all this stuff in here because there's been so much cool stuff that happened. So Yeah, and it bears mention. And, um, yeah, so we're going to go right ahead and start. Um, do you want me to start off? or Sure. Yeah, let me start off. Um, Seeing as this is right up your alley. Right. So... I was lurking, lur- not lurking, I was going through my time, my my news feed on Facebook, and I had this little pop-up that said that Phoebe Philo might take over Carl Lagerfeld as Chanel, because, you know, Father Lagerfeld is up there. He's <laughs> not a priest. <laughs> <laughs> he should be the priest of fashion. Oh, my God. You guys, have you probably, have you seen any of the Sailor Rock movies? Mm-mm. There's a character, he comes out in a little piece of it. And he is, like, they always portrayed him as a diva, but he's always been like that, apparently. Yeah. I think that's a very wide, widely known fact about him. Like, he knows he's good, mm-hmm. and, and he's like, I know I'm good, and blah, blah, blah. And so he has, he's always had this allure, I guess, about him, mm-hmm. or some, some way about him. But anyway, um, so there's no official word of the rumors currently circulating that Phoebe Phylum might or will succeed Carl Lagerfeld as Chanel. Um, it comes off a really busy week. Um, they just they had their um, their show, which I think is called Makers of Art. 
But Sounds in, about right. Right, but in French at the New York City's Metropolitan Museum of Art. It also comes off the news where they t- are starting to ban furs and any other exotic skin, such as crocodiles and stingray, for like their bags, their shoes, mm-hmm. and some of the accessories. Um, the family that owns Chanel has established a holding company in London, which is the reason why they feel like um, a lot of people are saying that the reason why Phoebe Philo is in that mix. Um, but it's released its revenue in 108 years. And just alone from last from 2016 to 2017, it increased 12%, which is equivalent to $9.6 billion overall. Um, so there's a quote that comes from... Uh-oh. Oops, sorry, guys. Who's calling? Guys, Gustavo's a really important diva. <laughs> I am not. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I thought I shut it off. Um... <laughs> So there's a quote saying, um, as the rumors are swirling around London that the house is prepping for arrival of former Celine designer Phoebe Philo, said by one of the waiting in the wings to replace Lagerfeld, Pavlovsky gave a dismissing shrug. He's one of the, I guess he's one of the ones that owns. He's, yeah, he's head of the, of the holding company that owns Chanel, Chanel. if I'm not mistaken, is how it's set up. Right, and he goes on saying that he hear the rumors about Philo and all that and find it quite funny. He said, quoting, but it's nothing serious. So sources within the Chanel um, conglomerate or people who follow them um, have pegged longtime microphone deputy Vir- Vir- Virginie Viviard. Virginie Viard uh, is a successor, um, which I think would make sense in having right. an outsider. Well. Um Keeping it within the, Keeping it within the, with the family. Yeah. And I feel like um, anybody who does know that Chanel aesthetic would have to be somebody from from that group. Simply because we already had an outsider. Right. Well, give its reput- reput- and to be honest with you, these rumors have been swirling around since the last year. Like, this is not new. Oh, really? New news. Oh, yeah. Like, you could put this in on Google and it pops up like that people were speculating she was going to go to to Chanel, like, in the midsummer of 2017. Oh, yeah, because I believe her contract with Celine was off. Right, and, and that's where they thought Celine. it was going to happen, and then nothing ever came to fruition. Right. So that's probably why this guy is like, saying that, or he's just doing it to throw people off the trail. But right. I don't know. I don't peg, like, Lagerfeld has become Chanel in some regard. Right. And I don't... I don't know. I don't I don't see him going anywhere. Like I just feel like he's one of those people that is literally going to be there until the day he dies. And there's a lot of I granted like people like Valentino decide right. to retire and then they move on. Um but he just I peg him as one of those types that's going to go to the day like he dies. He's going to die sketching. Yeah. I don't know desk. why, but I, I just feel like, that. I I don't know, I just, I feel like he's been around for so long, and at this point, why give it up? Why give it up? Yeah, I see that too. I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting, um, rumor. an interesting, ru- yeah, rumor. I just, I don't know how that's going to pan out. I, I do like Phoebe Philo as a designer. I think she has some really great ideas. But doesn't it seem like Chanel keeps getting British, though? Yes. Yes. Especially Um, after the last show. After the last show, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I feel like she has that um, 
aesthetic where it's a little bit it's feminine enough but it is always like a hint of masculinity which I think was kind of what the original Coco sure. Chanel right. aesthetic was mm-hmm. um, so that's why when I, I heard that rumor I was like oh that makes perfect sense for me um, I feel like it she, she, I feel like it. She'll be a perfect fit for that. You just dabbing your nose there. Yes, I'm sexy buzz. Kuzava <laughs> walked in and literally, not we're gonna go off on a tangent, but he walked in with like these big shades on, like, <laughs> and then a hat on, and he was like bundled up, and you could only see his eyeballs. And he walked in, and I literally just stopped and I looked at him. I, I know, you gave me this look and I was like, I'm just gonna let it go because I know I was probably being extra. The people upstairs are probably like, look at him. Who the hell does this guy do? Right. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, yes, I feel like, um, I think she'll do great. She did great after Selma McCartney left Chloe and then she took over the reins at Chloe. I think she did a fantastic job giving it a little bit more of a youthful aesthetic. Um, but I just really want her to Shows what she got. You think she hasn't reached that potential yet? I don't think so. Hmm. I feel like at Chloe, she gave us, like, this is Chloe now, you know? And I think right. at Celine, she's like, this is Celine now. But I don't think it's ever, I think it is her point of view, but I want her to, like, give us more, which I feel she she can. I don't know. You know, maybe people are going to hate me, but I just don't understand this rumor. Like, her going to Chanel? Or is Does it just that make me? sense? Or? No. Like, in my head, it doesn't make sense. Why? And maybe that's in part to the fact of the direction that Chanel has been taken into, which is a little bit more, um, what's the word for it? I don't want to use the word pretentious because that's not the word for it, but... Uh, like, not even British upscale, but do you see where I'm going with this? Okay. Aristocratic? Yeah, and she just, I don't know. Maybe because maybe everything she has shown us is minimalist. Well, and I think maybe that's my problem, is it's so basic. Right. I guess that's the word for it, basic. And a lot of the stuff that Chanel has put out, yes, may be weird sometimes, right. but it's not basic by any right. means. But it makes sense, though. Like when, um, what was it that? Like that, um, I think it was two, three summers ago when he did like the ruffles. Well, he he did like the hand painting organza and then he did like a bolero with exaggerated sleeves. Like it looked ruffly, Mm -hmm. like a, you know, like those party balls. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, it made sense. Like, you can take a Chanel dress and, like, break it down and be like, okay, I see where he was going. Right. My thing is about, like I said, is that she hasn't given us anything. Is because I don't know if she'll be able to do couture. Well, and that's my thing, too, is, like, Chanel shows, like, this big, grand, um, staged show. Right. And it's all about the theatrics and... Uh, the the atmosphere and what what the clothes signify and right. yeah I mean we've seen some really amazing shows from Chanel in the last like seven years yeah 
and I guess that's the, the, the right word is basic. And I don't know. And you do. You bring up a very good point that couture, especially in the realm of Chanel and the Dior's of the world and things like that, they're on a whole other level. Yeah. Um, whether you like them or you don't is open for, for debate. Right. But I just I don't know. I, I don't get it. Maybe it's just me. I would say I know you were excited. About I was it. excited because I feel like, for me, like like I said, like the brand keeps getting somewhat British, and she is the epitome. Besides, I guess Stella McCartney, right? Like the epitome of British fashion for women, at least. Um, but my question is: is like, would she be able to produce, like, if like if I would die, right? Knock on wood. Will they still have, like, these... Who replaces him. Right. Will they still be having these makers of art shows, which are always right. magnificent? Right. Which, even myself, I'm like, oh, my God, I love that dress. Right. Like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Well, and I, I almost wonder, too, like, you're kind of in that situation, too, when McQueen passed and you had Sarah Burton take over. And Sarah Burton shows were kind of questionable at the beginning, and I don't know if that's something to do with the fact that you were so accustomed to um, one designer and their whole take on it. And that's mm-hmm. it's tough. Like when it's your own namesake brand, you can kind of you know what you're thinking. Right. You know, as opposed to you put yourself in like Sarah Burton's shoes. Sarah Burton is not Alexander McQueen. No. I mean, she designs for them, but right. she's not him. So she kind of has to step out of her own shoes and put herself into his mm-hmm. to understand how he would do this. Correct. Right. And I just, I don't know. I don't think so she's do you feel like somebody like Phoebe would be like, how will Gabrielle do this? Or like, how would Daggerfell do this? I would hope so. Maybe even take it back to the original, um, what's the word for it? Founder? Yeah, like the how it was originally conceived in the sense of very simple, not simple, but um, straight-cut garments. And granted, that was a different time period, right. but maybe reinterpreted in a different way. Just like a Dior. Yes. You know, you yes. had himself, you had Galliano, right. you've had... But even still, I feel like those are all within that same caliber of designer. They're all about the theatrics, all about the exaggeration. Um, And like I said, that you don't necessarily get it at all times, Mm -hmm. but they're within the same... What's the word for it? Like, it's a really hard Sunday today. (laughs) Like, they're all of the same caliber. Like all the same str- yes, all the same strength, all the same design. Um, you ex- like you come to expect the theatrics from right. all of them. I do like this new. Getting a little bit off subject, I think I do like this new Dior mm-hmm. because it's Dior is really. Um, I think it was. Um, uh, what's her critic? What is this critic's name? And I I Gustavo. follow her on Twitter. No, besides myself. <laughs> um, I follow her on Twitter, um, Catherine Horn. Mm. If you guys love fashion and like reading reviews, she always does extra. But I like 
I like her because she's actually thinks what I'm thinking, sort of, in a way, or like reinterpretation. Her interpretation is somewhat similar to mine, or something like, oh, I didn't even think about this. But when <coughs> the interview, excuse me, for Dior and I, she's like, a lot of people are afraid to step up to these big to these big French fashion sure. houses because, because of the legacy of behind the legacy. them. And then she said it too. She's like, when you're at Dior, you you have a big stage. And the thing about Dior, from she's like, what separates from these other designers, these other French houses, is that Dior is a very, very feminine brand. Yeah. And that's why I could I, see that. And I think <laughs> like with Galliano, it did give us that femininity, but it it was never soft. No, not by any means. Not and I him. think with <laughs> this new designer, with the woman, um, Maria Maria Grazia, I think her name yeah. is. I think she's given us that feminine softness and delicateness. And well, and I think it, uh, part of that plays in gender, too, don't you think? Yeah. A man's take on a woman's garment versus a woman's right. garment. Or yeah. a woman Women's. on a woman's garment. Yeah. They're two different uh, opinions. Right. So, I, I don't know. Just that that said my piece on it. I don't get it. <laughs> well, we'll want to see, you know, when, you know, when Lagerfeld croaks <laughs> or... Or whenever he decides whenever to leave. Whenever he decides to leave, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. So. Um, but anywho, let's uh, move to Italy. I've been to Italy before. I've never been. Well, we should take a trip. Next let's time I go, I'll take you with. I haven't okay. been. I haven't been back in years, but. What was the last time? Um. Twenty twelve. Oh, nice. So it's been a while. A while. I haven't had an excuse. The last time I went was for a wedding, but but yes, if you want to go, I'll take you sometime. Let's go. Let's plan it for real, though. Mm. I'm serious. You really want to go? I really want to go. He just wants me because I'd be the tourist guide, and he doesn't need to learn any phrases in Italian. All I need to know is well, I can't say I'm on air. I mean, I can't say them <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> but there's other words that I would like to know. Oh my god. Okay. Goodbye. Um, so, anywho, the Dolce Gabbana scandal. Scandal, darling. Scandal. You're the one that actually, I think, sent this to me. I did. And I'm sure I could just... He sends me these things that I could just almost hear him cackling as he's, like, sending them to me because he's, like, giggling and cackling about, I guess. <laughs> and this was definitely one of them. Yeah, that's exactly. I was like, ooh. And I didn't even realize, like, they actually put out... Like, somebody screenshotted the whole thing and put it out on blast. And yes. I was like, and all you have to do is literally type in Dolce Gabbana scandal, and it pops up on the it internet. Definitely. It's like they're not even trying to hide it. Um, so it, this was, for those who don't know, it was a viral exchange on Instagram, of all places, between Stefano Gabbana, which is one of the two designers that it's the their namesake, they built it from the ground up, and they're now the designers. He's the taller one. Is he? Yeah. Uh, yes, you're Domenico right. Domenico is the short one. Is the short one with the glasses. And then a model named Michele Tranovo. And the whole conversation back and forth just speaks to the Chinese ads that Dolce Gabbana um, had recently put out in China, mm-hmm. um, being patronizing and quite poten- potentially racist towards uh, the Chinese population. And as a result, there's been this whole backlash that has um, 
has come towards them. And um, Gabbana has since come out on social media saying that he was hacked and that none of this was true and that he loves the Chinese culture and that his legal team are going to be investigating the whole incident. He's claiming, you know, that it wasn't him. And most are choosing not to believe him, ironically enough, because he's got, and I didn't even realize this until I started reading about it, but he apparently has a history of picking fights with other celebrities on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it must be a duck, duck, you know. So, and it's really hurt Dolce Gabbana. You know, their show in Shanghai was canceled. Um, Netta Porte um, has pulled all Dolce Gabbana product off their site in China. Um, so it's it's really it's really hurting them. And for those who who are wondering who haven't seen the ad or have no idea, it was removed and cannot be viewed in China. But we can physically still see it here. If you're living in China, you can use a VPN and be able to override it and, and view it or search it on the internet. But um, the context that this model is talking about, um, or rather what he was questioning in particular, um, has drawn the attention of use, internet users. And it, it features a Chinese woman wearing a red, like glittery Dolce Gabbana dress attempting to eat a large cannoli, which is in part to the Italian heritage of where Dolce Gabbana comes from, with chopsticks while a guy asks her, is it too big for you? So there's a lot of levels of, con- <laughs> of like innuendos and connotations in this whole ad. Um, but I think the thing that really got them was the chopsticks. Okay. Being s- not stereotypical, but sure, stereotypical right. towards a Chinese culture. And then you've got the color red factored in there too. Um, and I just, I, I don't know necessarily the cannoli plays into it. I think the cannoli was just there to play an homage to the Italian heritage of, of both of them. Um, it's, I, I don't, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, first of all, I don't believe him that he was hacked. Oh, yeah. Simply because he's argued with like even Madonna and their cult friends. Um, Mally Cyrus. Yeah. Um, all these designers. And then also Domenico with his rant on um, um, insemination a few years back. I don't know if How I he was that. saying how, like, kids that are from insemination are not, like, God's children. Because they're. Oh, wearing, that's right. Yes, 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 yes. Because I do remember that. naturally conceived. Or sure, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Um, I just feel like, is it too big for you? Kind of plays part as a, like, stereotypical of, a, like, you know, Chinese men having small penises. Um, well, let me ask you this, because I this was, like, a conversation we were having the other day with somebody. Do you feel like... Our society, just in general, doesn't matter where in the world you live, has become way more sensitive. That, too. But like, do you think no. if we had gone back 15 years ago and this commercial went on the air, do you think anybody would have said something? I think so. You think so? I think so. Okay. There's a difference from, like, um, what you just said about how, like, society is being a little, um, it's being... Um, oversensitive. Oversensitive. I don't know if we're having this notes, but it's worth mentioning with this whole PETA thing. Sure. Where they were saying, like, 
instead of saying bring home the bacon, they suggested something else. Mm-hmm. Or like, um, what was the other one called? Something about test tube. Or something like that. They were they were saying. I, I mean, don't know. I think, first of all, I mean, I understand we shouldn't eat animals, and the treatment of ethical treatment of animals is Watch important. Watch out, guys. He's getting his Google it's, out now. It's important. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, um, I feel like a test tube, like, I feel that's a more offensive than whatever they were trying right. to ban. Right, right. Well, because there are people who can't get pregnant. Sure. And there's people who, like, do go to the sperm bank be like, I'll give you that, and then right. I'm pregnant. I feel that's more offensive than them trying to rewrite like how we speak mm-hmm. or slang or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like yes, I feel like this this commercial, especially for Kamada, it is offensive because there's all these layers of them just of somebody that thought was funny, haha, right? Not necessarily. Nobody took a uh, nobody said like wait, like maybe we're being a little offensive. I think so. Yeah, I mean. It, and it's it's one of those things, too, like when you're sitting in a, a room of 12 people that are putting together an ad, there's, uh, unfortunately, I think certain um, angles that you don't always see or certain potential comments that from viewers that you don't always think about. And that this might have been that, that specific um, scenario. Now, well, I mean... Okay, here's the thing that pisses me off about this whole thing is you're a public figure. What the hell are you doing having conversations like this on Instagram of all places? When we live in a day and age when you can literally screenshot anything. Right. Like, and and call me shady, call me what you want, but do not leave evidence behind if you're going to do shit like this. Or he's going to do Snapchat where he deletes. But even there, you can still screenshot it. But it'll tell you that somebody screenshot. But it doesn't it. matter. They're still gonna do what they want with it. You're still screwed. That's the same thing. Like you could send me something, <coughs> a, a questionable racist comment, and I could screenshot it and then go put it on the internet. Right. And you would still know I did it. So what's? That's why you said everything with like three seconds. That's <laughs> Snapchat. That's a trick, guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Right. I don't know. I just. So uh, the did you want to get get caught? I guess is my question. Like, I think so. Are I you think, trying to make yourself relevant in some regard? I think he's like. I don't know. I think he's like one of my coworkers. We're like today. I feel like fighting. <laughs> today I feel like picking a fight with you. Um, no, I think. Um, I think the model was trying to be like, hey, maybe this is a little offensive. But I think um, the way Dolce or Gabbana expressed himself, I think he right. was like, he kind. Of, if you look through the screenshot, you guys, it looked like he really didn't care. Like I feel like he, right. I feel like he felt like his legal team would be able to be like, calm it down. If the ad was that offensive, but then he, since he kept on going with it, right. he's like, oh no, this well, is really offensive. Well, and based off of these conversations too. Um, this person didn't. This person kind of egged him on too, yeah, like lit the lit the fire kind of thing, you know. Right. So, uh, 
they baited him into it in some regard, but even still, I, I, I don't know. I still go back to the whole thing of you, you're a public figure. You don't do shit like that. You know, because yeah. then shit like this comes back to bite you in the end. So, I don't know. Anywho. Um, oh, the test tube was be a guinea pig. A what? Be a guinea pig. You oh. Know, like, be the first one. Be the guinea pig. Yeah. Take one for the team. <laughs> Why couldn't they take use one that? One the take one for the team. You could take one for the team. Don't I always? <laughs> um, so, after this podcast, you want to go shopping at Palessi? Yes, let's do it. I haven't been. This is literally, um, for those who haven't read this, is literally one of the most fabulous PR stunts exactly. in all of marketing time. When I read this, I literally, <laughs> I think I said it to you or tagged yeah. you. I was like, this is amazing. Like, why did nobody ever think about this before? And it makes them very um, relevant well, now. Yes. I feel like they're really onto something. So we're talking about, obviously, Payless. Um, so Payless PR teams pulled one of the best PR stunts in a really long time. So we, um, it was amazing. Like, once you read this story, it was, I'm like, yes. I think once you see the pictures, it's even funnier. Yeah, so um, the affordable footwear chain created a fake designer and staged a fake grand opening, at, you know, for one of the shoe stores. Um, it was actually um, the former Armani store on um, Rodeo Drive. Oh, it was it in California? Yeah, it was I California. didn't see where it was. Yeah, it was where Rodeo it was Drive. Um, it was complete with camera crews, fashionistas, and treatments of a luxe. So they invited like all these amazing like California, like Instagrammers and bloggers, uh-huh. and you know. They invited them and, you know, gave them, like, tucked it up and everything. Um, the sale went out for two full days. Um, and the thing was that they were the same Payless Shoes brands, but they were just, um, the prices were exaggerated. Like, if you would have gone into, like, a Louboutin right. or, like, a um, Atwood store right. or the other designer. What's his face? Um. Manolo Blahnik? Yes, Manolo Blahnik. I saw his white hair in my head, but I just didn't. <laughs> couldn't put the face to it. Um, so the sale went out for four to days until they explained the roots and returned the money back to the customers. So they would spend, like, all this money, but once they told them what it was a, was a PR stunt, they got refunded. Did you the see money. the videos of the people when yes, they were I interviewing did. them? And they are like, oh, yeah, these are the best shoes right. ever. Right. <laughs> I was like, God. <laughs> So Payton did this to prove the, the hypocrisy of overpriced brands and the whole concept of the emperor has new clothes faction, which is really true. But I've heard that, like, the Louboutins are really comfortable, though. Well, it's funny you were saying that because Friday we went to go pick out one of my best friends is getting married, and we went to go pick out her wedding dress on Friday. And she, uh, she's having the wedding, the wedding at the same venue, so, like, reception and... Um, ceremony are all at the same place, but then she wants to go out off-site to take pictures as well. So we started talking about shoes, and I'm like, honestly, I'm like, I'm going to wear a really low heel. I'm like, I can't I can't wear a high heel if we're going to be uh, on our feet all day because they want to take pictures before and after, too. And I'm like, okay. And so she asked the girl there at the, the salon, she's like, you know, what do you think about shoes? She's like, honestly, she's like, I know it sounds ridiculous. She's like, and they're ridiculously overpriced. She goes, but Jimmy Choo's are my favorite. She goes, they're so comfortable. 
she goes and and they're worth every penny and i've heard the same for um for Stuart Weitzman as well yes so it's just i i i like this idea and they go on to even say like um Payless is the prime example of what powerful branding can do to the logic in a consumer right. and so they went with this whole um psychological study that uh, basically saying when a consumer is confronted with a new offering, he or she is motivated to figure out what it is and whether it's an object to covet or to avoid. So it's basically that whole human nature of yeah. wanting to understand what's in front of you um, or being an inactive learner, if you will. And so in this case, the reliance of a lifetime of insights gleaned from numerous shopping expeditions actually came back to bite these fashion fanatics in the ass. And they go on to say in the article, that's because the perpetrators cleverly use this accumulated knowledge that a consumer has to create a scenario that look like a duck and quack like a, a duck. We probably can't blame these footwear enthusiasts for calling it a duck. And it goes on to say that we're creatures of consistency and we love to see what we're looking for. And... Um, psychologists call these hur- heuristics or rules of thumb we commonly use to facilitate decision making. Mm-hmm. In this case, there's several at work. And so the first one was price, the second one was venue, and the third was country. So the one that goes with price and quality relationship is that if it's expensive, then it must be a good product. So the concept of high quality is attributed with high price, which mm-hmm. is what Payless did here. Right. So they gave it a jacked up ticket. So people just automatically assumed that it was going to be a great product. And then they went on to the venue, too. So if the venue or surroundings of the store are grand, luxe, um, then the merchandise must be, too. And the concept of judging a book by its cover and that sensory elements will sometimes sell the product for you. Perfect example here. They did it in an Armani store, and they brought in all of this um, luxe furniture. You can see how the shoes are displayed. Yeah. And then the country and quality relationship as well, that a product's address matters to a lot of consumers. So, for example, Payless attributed the shoes to an Italian name symbolizing a sign of quality because they were of Italian origin and Italian leather. You can attribute this also to, like, French wine, for example. So people are looking, like, these are their um, their parameters of what they're looking for uh, or what a consumer is looking for. So they literally, Payless took common things that people do psychologically right. and they played into it. Uh, right. Like a, and it worked for them. Yeah. This totally seems like a college course. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, well, and when it's broken down like that and you look at it and you're like, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. It's like a human behaviorism, you know? Yeah. And it mm-hmm. totally made this into like... I feel like this could have been like a school project. Like, let's, you guys, I have an amazing idea. You know, and I think that's how it looks. Well, and I would love to know whose idea this was. Right. Like, how they they presented this one. Because it is. It's it's brilliant. It's brilliant, it's, yeah. Um, Payless for the longest time. Unfortunately, with all these retailers that now, like, shoes have become a thing. It's almost like cosmetics, in my opinion. Um Payless has kind of lost its footing a little bit. Yeah, here in Chicago especially, um, there's like... Yeah. There's zero to none at some places. And it's kind of put Payless in the uh, forefront of my mind now. You think of them. Yeah. When when you see them in stores, you're like, oh, maybe I should stop in there. And 
it's not. I thought it was going to do good when they had Christian Siriano there. I think it's still doing well for them, though, oh, isn't yeah? it? I have no idea. I haven't checked. I hear a lot of people talk about it still. Or at least I, that might be the only thing that's keeping them afloat. Dare I say that? Right. So, I mean, from the pictures that I saw on, of, like, the store opening, this is just, it's impressive um, yes. what they did. And what's even funnier to <coughs> me is the video footage of these people, like, being interviewed. And you can see they've got, like, probably, like, a $30 Payless shoe in their hand. And they're, like, fawning over this thing. And it's just. I peed myself laughing when I was yes, when I was, was watching. It this. was a uh, it, it was really entertaining. I thought that was that was brilliant. It's a brilliant PR. So kudos to them, um, and their their um, I guess case study or just proving a point that yeah, the emperor has no clothes. Like you, you could tell somebody that oh, it looks great, and they're not even wearing anything. Right. Just got to show that they're still here. The power of suggestion. Yes, amazing. So. Moving, Moving on. on. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to go to Payless now. I haven't been to one in a while. Well, maybe you should stop in and see what they sell. Try on a pair of shoes. Try a pair of shoes. Some stilettos. Yeah. I think that'll be Christ- nice. Christian Siriano shoes. Christian Siriano shoes. I'm like, give me the whoopee ones. The one that she wore to the FCFDAs. I don't know if I saw those. No, maybe I did. No, she wears like platinum shoe. Pla- platinum. Platform. Platform shoes. I'm like, why would be? Because why? So? <laughs> okay. Like, in the view, I'm like, girl, what are you wearing? Mm. I'm just saying. So, this actually is probably my most favorite um, article I've read in a long, long time. Um, Cambridge Analytica, who was in a lot of trouble recently in regards to the uh, Facebook users, all of their data being misused yeah. in the presidential election um, that resulted in uh, Donald Trump being elected. So Cambridge Analytica is now coming out again and being outed saying that they weaponized certain brands to get Trump elected. So... The way that this works is the whistleblower that they had, Christopher Wiley, who is the one that outed Cambridge Analytica originally earlier this year in regards to the whole Facebook scandal, mm-hmm. um, has now come come back out and has said that the company used fashion preferences of certain people that may lean one way politically or one way or the other, I should mm-hmm. say, to target pro-Trump people prior to the 2016 election. So the way it works, and this is like, this is really interesting to me. Um, that so okay. So let me give you an example. Those who liked brands such as like Wrangler or LL Bean were low on the openness scale. So they're more conventional, more likely to respond to messaging supporting the election of Donald Trump. Okay. For and then if you look at a brand like European designer Kenzo. Okay. On the other hand, reflected the opposite. So two opposite ends of the spectrum. So they took those brands and created ads in regards to it okay. and targeted it in the feeds of these people. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
And they were able to find that there's a connection between fashion and um, politics. So typically the NSA targets people such as like spies or extremist groups. But Facebook, the everyday American was the target in this right. situation. So they took things that they use in like warfare and targeted the American people with this, which oh is really interesting to me. And they go on to Business of Fashion actually posted this. Um, and they took something they wrote on to say they took something simple as fashion. Fashion isn't as simple as selling a piece of clothing to a consumer, but rather a consumer buying a piece of clothing because it matches that particular consumer's identity. So this helps with our self-expression of who we are as people and where we fit into trends. So they literally played into that. So yeah. So if you're more on that conservative Republican end, they were going to show you certain images that play towards that. Okay. So it, it, to me, it's very interesting because talk about like a big brother watching and knowing literally what you're doing right. at all points in time. Um, I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts? I feel like we are literally in the big brother era. Mm-hmm. Like everything we do is monitorized. Everywhere we go is there's a camera, one way or another. Somebody's always recording you per se in right. a way. Right. So I think this makes perfect sense. And then with this article also comes the actual TED Talk, right? The video. I think there was one. Yes. Yeah. So if you guys, we're gonna try. And see. I think Business of Fashion actually posted yeah. the TED Talk with okay. it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So we'll try to find the link to that because because the TED Talk is actually really interesting. It was. And he goes really into details of like how. And I think it was this Christopher Wiley that yes, that, that did the whole TED Talk, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, it is the the TED Talk goes into detail just how like. If you're clicking something, it automatically just like, captures your right. data and knows who you are, knows exactly, like, um, the patterns or kind of connects the dots and stuff sorts. Right. And I thought that was really interesting as well. Well, it's even, like, if you look on even, you type things in on Google. Yeah. So, like, I could type in, like, for example, I was supposed to, I was going to get my friend's husband a, a cold brew pot. And I saw one on Amazon. And now, like, every so often on the sides of, like, ads of pages, like, stuff from Amazon pops up now. <laughs> um, so it is. It's very much, like like you said, it all connects the dots. It's yeah. just this big web. Um, and they make a very valid point on this article, too. And they say this furthers the discussion that brands have a political responsibility to the general public in the image that they portray as it could signal political leaning one way or the other. Right. And that could help you or that could hurt you very much so. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it also ties in with our last podcast or the one before it. Where yeah, with the election. With the election, mm-hmm. how it all intertwines. And, and there's people out there who are saying, like, no, this brand shouldn't be political. Or brands are not a person, per se. But it all... Yeah, but you know what? With those shirts that... I know what you're talking about with the shirts that came yeah. out on L.com. But those didn't lean one way or the other right. on there some of a, them. Yeah, it was very neutral. It was go out and vote right. was, was the concept of that whole collection was they wanted... Our voting was at such an all-time low. low. And it's funny because now our voting has hit an all-time high after the general election last month. Um, so they're... I think that right there, they use that as as a cop out saying, well, I didn't lean politically one way. I just said you need to go out and vote. Right. Um, Whereas in situations like this, like this is 
very much on like one end of the political spectrum over the other. So it's to me, this is really interesting. And I asked my mom, I'm like, well, what do you think about it? Right. And she's like, and she really didn't have an answer for me because I don't know. I don't know if she didn't get the whole concept of it. Right. Um, but I said to her, I'm like, it's it's kind of scary that you can literally like one click of uh, on the Internet and can open up all these uh, these different things. Right. You know, so. I've, yeah, it's, oh, it's kind of cool. It's an interesting article, definitely to read and definitely to. I'm just to curious see to see, like, on. we've had two scandals from Cambridge Analytica over the course of, like, eight months. Yeah. So I'd be curious to see, like, now what. Um, What's the next scandal going to be? Yeah, like, <laughs> is there anything else that's being hidden behind behind those walls there? So. Oh, wow. It just happened on Facebook, right? The first one was via Facebook. Well, they're all in connection to Facebook because this one was. Um, they would show you ads on Facebook in in connection with like political affiliation, and then the other one was they were taking consumers' data, mm. and um, that was the big thing that Facebook got in trouble was saying, "Well, why are you giving our our data to a third party company right. now?" So, I'd be very interested to see if anything else comes out. So, but yeah, interesting. That was very, like I said, that was very interesting. Check it out, guys. Uh, we'll yeah, definitely check out that. We'll see if we can find the link to that TED Talk. Yeah. Um, because it is. It's And kudos to this guy. This guy probably sleeps with one eye open now because literally he has outed the company twice. Yes. Um, and I'm sure he's got some sort of immunity along the way. Right. But, um, yeah, the this guy's guy. got to sleep with one eye open at some point. So. Well, he went to the TED Talk, so I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> no, I'm saying like he probably has security of some sort no, because yeah, homie is not going about his day like you and I do. No, my there's no way. He's like, I want him dead. Well, I'm sure there's someone out there <laughs> that uh, may feel that way. Right. So. But he's, you know, helping the American people understand that, yes, you're being watched. Well, and you know what's funny to me is like, are people that, like, okay, so for lack of a better word, are people that ignorant to the fact that you are being watched? Or maybe they do know, but they just don't want to think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, it's one of those things, like, I'm very conscious of, and I, I notice those things. Like I said to you, like, I could pop something into Google, and then later on you'll, like, see it on Facebook. Or it happens a lot, like, when you're shopping online, yes. like, those ads pop up. Yes. Like, Instagram does it a lot. That you'll, like, click on a link that, like, let's say, like, Bobble Bar, for example, is having a sale on jewelry. And it'll pop up, and you'll click on it, and you'll scroll through their site, but you don't buy anything. Right. There's, like, 18 ads of Bobble Bar that pop up later. <laughs> right. No, 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 yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'd like to think that people are smarter than that. Like, you've caught on to it. Right. You know what I Imagine mean? Imagine you have, like, a a desktop at home and you share it. You're watching porn. Are you just speaking from experience or? Uh, no. F- a friend happened. <laughs> My sister did it. My sister did it. And then your mom gets on the computer and you get, she gets all these ads for porn. Who, your mom? <laughs> Somebody's mother. Oh, that's hilarious. Gustavo's speaking from experience right now, guys. Yes. So I was 19. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. But yes, people, cover your... (laughs) Cover your tracks. VPN's private web surfing. 
I need to um, find an IT person that shows me how to do all that. Oh, yeah. VPNs are super easy. I have one on my laptop. I have Girl, one on my laptop and on my phone. Are you a terrorist? I know. I surf the internet with a Speaking of terrorists. VPN on. Where is this going? Netflix has that show called Bodyguard. It's super good. Oh, here, here's another one of Gustavo's Netflix um, right recommendations acqui- acquisitions. Yeah, so they're starting. They're gonna do second season, and it's with um. Oh my god, I forgot his name. Michael Madden, Robert Madden from Game of Thrones. Never watched it. If anybody knows Game of Thrones, it's Rob Stark. The only way I know that is because I googled it. <laughs> First, anyway, we're totally getting off subject. But you're uh, getting off subject, yes. uh, and but I'm anyway. giving the, the death glare right now. Uh, but anyway, yes, the bodyguard. It's not the bodyguard, but it's called Bodyguard. It's a really good show on Netflix. But you watch Nailed It first before you watch it. I've already watched the Bodyguard. Oh, it's a really good show. Six episodes. That's it. It's good. Really good. <laughs> How good. It's so good. Okay, you're it's done. It's so good that you're not even going to want to, like... If you haven't lost people, we definitely have at this point. <laughs> um, you know, just saying. But anyway, yes, like, at work we cover um, the built-in, like, cameras. Uh-huh. The webcams, just for that reason. <laughs> or maybe because my, my boss is on is a little crazy. Or maybe but, it's for all the harassment claims that are going around. Seriously. It's a sweatshop. We work, we work in a sweatshop, so we cover all those up to make sure, like, they're not peeking, like, four, you know, like, 20 feet over there that, you know, little Susie is not, has, hasn't had a break since, like, 9 a.m. and it's, like, 3, 3 p.m. Oh, my God. <laughs> but anyway, um, do you like Ted Baker? I used to. I never did. It's a little sketchball. Right. Ted Baker shares continued plunge in the midst of harassment claims. Jesus Christ. So Ted Baker shares have hit a three-year low in the midst of harassment allegations. Um, the shares dropped as much as 15.4%. Really? Oh, 15.4%. Sorry. Early Monday morning after petition was released. The petition accuses founder Ray Calvin of making his staff uncomfortable by imposing a quote-unquote hugging policy or even asking female staff to still on his to still on his knees to sit on his to knees. sit on his knees, Sorry. cuddle, etc. What? That sounds like a business you would own. Exactly. Here, come sit down. In exactly. My lap. I want this handbook. <laughs> I'm going to email Ray Calvin and be like, whoever your per- people are, send me that. <laughs> and it stands over a thousand former and present staff members have signed a petition. A formal investigation is being conducted per the request of its board members. Oh, my God. I can't believe this. Um, quote, while, we, while the claims have made it entirely at odds with the values of our business and those of our CEO, we take them very seriously, the retailer said. Ray greets many people. He meets with a hug. He's a shareholder, investor, supplier, partner, customer, or colleague. Um, hugs have become part of Ted Baker's culture, but are absolutely not insisted upon. 
According to former employees, HR for Ted Baker has not addressed any of the hundred or so complaints from staff members. Isn't that crazy? That is really crazy. I'm going to go back to my job and see if I could get this passed. <laughs> I mean, not my coworkers, but like the customers. Oh, just ask them to sit on your lap? Yeah. And you're instilling a um, I'm showing them. policy? I'm showing them customer service. Okay, all joking aside, I mean, <laughs> yeah, joking not, aside. To, not to make a joke about harassment claims, because that's where it sounds like we're going with this, but right. um, I don't know. This is just... This is really bonkers. This yeah, is this really is not crazy. good on any I level. I understand. I mean, you, how long have we known each other? Yeah. Um, and I've hugged you like once a day. Seven years. I mean, not once today, and I hug you every day, but I hugged you once in I don't know how long. Right. Well... Okay, the hugging policy doesn't bother me as much as asking female staff to sit on his knee right. and to cuddle him. Right. So um, he's down and she's like... It's kind of weird. No, no, it is weird. It's not kind of weird. It's weird. Wait, and then is she like cuddling him while she's sitting on his lap? I don't know, but here's my thing. It's like even the HR's responses that they're not absolutely insisted upon... Okay, great. So somebody rejects it, but then they yeah. clearly sent in complaints to HR about it. You know it. what so HR reminds me of? The office? No, Karen yeah. Walker. I don't know who that is. Okay, you guys. So Willie Grace, before he came out, we oh. came back. The one thing I told you about. Yes. <laughs> I've never said it on this podcast, and this is my sense of humor, so I'm sorry, guys. So they did a whole sexual harassment episode um, on Willie Grace. And there's this episode where she goes visits Jack in Will's apartment. And there is, um, oh, my God, what is his name? He guest starred, um, the African-American actor. Um, Morgan wanna, Freeman. No, I want to call him, I think, George Hines. Sure. It's his name. He's, like, a famous actor, comedian, and, like, jazz player as well. I think that's his name. Um, but anyway, he opens the door. Mm-hmm. And no, whatever. The thing is, like, they're all three there, and then he's like, Miss Walker, like, I need to talk to you. And then she just stops him. She's like, Hey. She's like, You tell the secretary of his. One girl's sexual harassment, another girl's light off. So she's pointing at herself how, like, if her husband is sexually harassing her, that means that he won't go home and sexually harass her, the wife. But anyway, I just, every time I hear, like, a sexual harassment case, like, that comes to mind. That episode? That episode, and that it'll say, which we're totally off subject, but I'm not that type of guy, you guys. I'm just saying. Um, but that's what the HR sounds like. Like, oh, my God, it's, here goes another claim. You know? I, I get that, but you are a huge company of right. people. And you're talking about a 1,000 former and present staff members that have signed this petition. Like, it's clearly an issue. I just want to know if, like, these past, I mean, these present employees, like, how many times did he hug them? Oh, like, sure is it the like details of their complaint? Right. Is it like Barry from accounting, or like is it? Yeah, from accounting. <laughs> is it like you know Martha from like Where you know marketing? They're just random. Well, and I would think it probably spans all over, but I would think like people that work much Close closer to him. to him probably experienced it um, more often. Right. Is it like board member, you know, Laura or something? Well, I don't know. I mean, it says in this article that it, 
literally is anyone, shareholder, investor, supplier, partner, customer, or colleague. Customer, I get it. So that was his thing. I mean, I can think the customer should be like, oh, but it's not Ted Baker. It's it's the CEO Ray of the company. Calvin. There you go. That's pretty weird. I mean, I understand, like, open-door policy in some of these businesses, right. but this right. is, like, physical hugging. It's kind of weird. Uh, Whoever. <laughs> I mean, at that point, they, nobody, not that this makes it okay, but at one point, you just quit your job. Obviously, these past employees have. Well, yeah, I'm sure some have, but there's clearly some that haven't. They're still working. That's what I'm saying. Like how? That's what I. That's what I asked. Like I'm sorry, for like present employees. Like how long does it? Ha- how often does it happen? Like if it's if it's once right. a day, I'd be like, no, you already had your hug for the week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the the breakdown of that is but i'd be <laughs> very <laughs> i'd be very curious to to read those hr complaints seriously somebody needs to hack them please hacked instagram right um what is it that oh. that group called online anonymous yes can you hack we need ted you baker? to come back and hack ted baker company hr files please but um but yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see because they really tanked very very quickly. I um, think something like this will make you tank really quickly. I just it's just really weird. Well, it's just especially really... I mean, this is gonna sound terrible, but we live in a very sensitive society nowadays. Like I was saying earlier, and stuff like this is just not. There's zero tolerance for it, and justifiably so. There shouldn't be. Right. Like you shouldn't be asking your employees to sit on your lap. Like it's weird. Right. But at the same time, like... Did you ever want to tell one of your police to sit in my lap? No. Never. (laughs) No. I don't even let my knee sit in my lap. Yeah. Well, it's just... Let's move on. (laughs) I think at one point... No, listen. I think it, it makes room for conversation. Like... That's a line you don't cross, I mean. You know what I mean? Like, right, well, and it's. I think it's different, like, when it's family, like you said, when you have a niece, like, who's little, it's understood. Right. But no, but... These are grown adults. Right. It's okay. just, like... It's just I mean, good. for me, hugging is okay, you know, but it depends what kind of embrace. Right. Because at one point... Where your hands wander, too. Right. Um... And embrace mm, sure. can be very intimate. Yeah, well, depending on depending on who it is from or sure. how long it is or whatever. Um, so that's pretty weird. Like, why would you let it get to a thousand complaints? Is my question. Maybe they're trying to. Uh, no, it was a hundred complaints. It was a, a thousand former president staff members have signed a petition. Right. To. Um, so did he, so then no well I just assume it's probably like a thousand something complaints. Sure. Obviously, if all these people yes. have signed it, so they're okay. Fair enough. Um, what was I gonna say to you? I don't know. I don't know. You guys returned all that Ted Baker merchandise you guys have. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a shame because their clothes are really cute. Like, yeah, for the demographic really, yeah. that they serve. Like, even, like, their novelty stuff. It's mm-hmm. really cheeky and, and catchy. It is. It's cute. And I'm like, oh, God. Ted Baker. He ruined it for all of us. So, um, 
Marcos Jacoby. Marcos Jacoby, you guys, is going as to Gustavo launch. Gustavo calls him. <laughs> Uh, and also known as Mark Jacobs, <laughs> um, it's to launch a new line for affordable price called the Mark Jacobs. He could have just stuck with Mark, but Mark Jacobs. I'm just telling you, don't you remember when we started talking about like all those articles about yes. how like he was closing all these stores? And I don't know who it was. Somebody made a comment, and they're like, "He's gonna make a big comeback," and he's restructuring. And sure as shit, that was you. Was it me that yes. said it? I predicted it. Yes. I thought it was. I think we had Alex here too. It might have been Alex that made the comment. I'll, you know, whatever. I'll take I the credit it's for it. You and Alex. I don't know. I'll Snapchat him later. So it's there will be no evidence. See, that's how you use Snapchat, Dolce. Sec- for two seconds. For two seconds. <laughs> Stefano, that's how you use Snapchat. Um, this is gonna be great. And the only thing that I was upset about. About is that you can't find the price bracket on this, but it's supposed to be like a, a more affordable uh, price okay. than the version of its runway counterpart. So we figure the runway stuff runs, you know, four and five hundred and up, more or less, for at least a bag. So I'm hoping that it'll probably be in the same bracket as Mark by Mark Jacobs was. Like what a hundred or something? Like, yeah, I think it was like one fifty to two fifty around there. Yeah. And I, and I think they probably shut down Mark by Mark Jacobs, not thinking that it was going to be a problem. Right, and they may have shot themselves in the foot. So I'm wondering if this was like a a decision that was made, and they said, you know what, we need to do something to um, bring back our our consumers. You know what I mean? Um, so Mark Jacobs will be working with the Russian stylist uh, Loda Volkova for the lookbook of the Mark Jacobs, and it's speculated that Mark Jacobs will be striped sweaters, um, wide leg pants, accessories tailored to his aesthetic. Um, so pretty much like a reinterpretation of Mark by Mark Jacobs, basically. Um, and I put the question at the end of my notes here that says, could this be the crucial resurgence that Mike J- Mark Jacobs has been looking for as a sales for as sales continue to decline and stores were forced to shutter? I think so. I think. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. Because he had to suffer somehow, somewhere or another. For sure. I mean, he took a hit. Or well, maybe because his his wedding was too expensive. He's like, oh no, my god, need, you're on this still. We need to get another brand out there to support my wedding. No, you know what I think it is is that, or at least for me as a consumer, that if I'm gonna spend that kind of money on a Marc Jacobs, why wouldn't I just go spend it on another designer? It's probably of a higher quality. Do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah. That and okay, fair enough. I'm sure there's people that really do like the Marc Jacobs aesthetic, but, and I do, like, I own handbags from him. I, I, his bags were my favorite part of Marc Jacobs. Yeah. Um, great quality leather. Like I've had the bag for several years. It's, it's my favorite bag actually in my closet. I, I liked it because it was that off the Marc Jacobs New York bags. They were like similar, like, but the details were different. Well, sure. I think that plays in or I think it has to play into it when you've got different tiers doesn't it right I mean same thing with like Liz Claiborne and DKNY they had to do something different there too don't they they look the same to me 
that's Gustavo being petty and shady again. <laughs> I'm just saying, you could put DKNY and Donna Care in New York, and it looks the same to me. It's true. Um, but that was my thing about Mark Jacob is that the details obviously were different, and yes, they're supposed to be, I guess. But it wasn't off. Like, you understood, like, this goes with the Mark Jacobs New York line. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, this is the sister bag of that bag, if that makes any sense. Oh, like the the, the cheaper version. Yes. Okay. Sure. Without calling it cheap. Because, sure. you know, the details are just a little different. Um, I remember buying some 15 fingerless gloves. $15 fingers, fingerless gloves. Of Mark by Mark Jacobs, and I was like, I would never buy anything again until I went back and I bought a scarf. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. Well, that was a very anticlimactic, (laughs) right? No, I think, I think, yeah, this is gonna help him. This show is very much um, going off the rails again, um, a little bit. I'm just kidding, no, um. Good for him. He needs this. You think so? I, I think, think this so. is the the rebirth. And it's a I shame. I think it's probably more to come, though. To me, it's such a shame because he's a decorated designer in the sense of multiple awards. He's won, you know, he's won CFDA awards for, you know, designer of the year. So he's got quite a, a resume and a pedigree as a designer. Um and for him to to just kind of go away like that, it it's kind of it, it was sad in some regard yeah. to me, you know. So I'm like he was practically dying. The brand, <laughs> the brand, not him. The brand. Yeah, in some regard too, and it's it's sad because he literally like the mark by Mark Jacobs, like he, whether it was clothing or an accessory, his stuff was almost like. On the, I almost equate it to the same thing as like the Kate Spade bags were in the sense like it was the thing like every like teenage girl or, or younger girl had to have. Right. You know, and then mom and dad would buy like as a Christmas gift kind of thing. Um, and I just, I, I don't, I think by having one price bracket, you shoot yourself in the foot there. And sure, if you want to serve one portion of the the market, and so be it. But it's like I read an article recently. I don't remember where I read it, but they were saying like Nima Marcus is one of those businesses that is going to be scheduled to close. Yeah. Or could potentially close because of their decline in sales. And we just we live in that economy that people are much more frugal, A. And B, they're not spending their spending habits have changed too in, in that regard. Yeah, definitely. Um so I don't know, because then you only end up in certain stores, whereas your Mark by Mark Jacobs ended up in secondhand. It, it ended up like in Nordstrom Racks. It ended up in places um, like high-end department stores as well. So there was much more of a um, selection. No, more like of a an outreach, an outreach. if you will. So I, I'm, I will be very excited to see this because I think this is what he needs. Yes, I'm excited to see the lookbook and see what it, what it is. Um, but, uh, yeah. So this is, I mean, it's relatively new. I don't know that they even have all the details themselves in, in the making um, because it was launched on the 5th. Or this, like, announcement came out on December 5th via Women's Wear Daily. So um, it's really, really new. So Interesting. Very nice. But, yeah. 
So, in true junkie fashion, yes. What are you obsessing about? Okay, I'm obsessing right now. I am. Is it a Netflix show? No, it's not. Oh. To be honest. Oh. So there's this thing called Made to Measure. Um, it's either like a website or an app, um, and they gave my favorite. Grace Connington a show of sorts and she's interviewing like all these like fashionable people or like um industry fashion people mm-hmm. um and her first guest which I thought was like pretty weird was uh, I can't even say his name Ansel the actor Ansel Adams no Egg Hart or something like that um have you seen that movie every girl saw this movie I think um, mean Girls. Besides that one, <laughs> um, the star in your eyes or something like that. Oh, um, that guy Ansel. The s- the Fault in Our Stars. There you go. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the but, yes. So he it's was the kid f- that died. Yeah, the he? kid that died. Yes. Okay. So he was in it, and I think he was modeling for some brand. Mm-hmm. So she interviewed him and everything, but I was waiting for. Nicolas Gasquier, who is at Louis Vuitton, who used to be at Balenciaga uh, before they did the whole Joey collection. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh at you, but just this is the problem with recorded programs or radio in general. <laughs> just Gustavo, Gustavo's got a face that is just like meant for television. <laughs> Thank you. One day, one day. He's just too funny. I'm going to do like soap operas. I mean, if they could act, I'm sure I could do it. Yeah, but you have to sing to be in an opera. No, soap operas. Oh, oh, oh. Like a telenovela? Yeah, like a telenovela. Like, if they could act and win awards, I'm sure I could win an award. This is true. Some of those are really bad. Exactly. Anyway, so I was waiting for that interview, and it's really informative. A really informative interview. Um, you guys watch it. Grace Connington now has free time to do whatever she wants, and her cats. Um, since she's not uh, working for Vogue anymore per se, um, so she has this and I show. Gave her the axe. Right, and it was like you're done, and she was done. Um, but she has, you know, she does collaboration with Tiffany and Company. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a special collection with Louis Vuitton. Um, but a little history, um, Grace Coddington and Nicholas Gasquier, when he was a Balenciaga. Um, so I didn't know this. So before Gucci Group, when it was under Tom Ford, um, Balenciaga was only doing um, the brand. You know, so Balenciaga is a really famous French brand. You know, it was founded by Cristobal Balenciaga. Um, He is known as the first couturier. Um, He only did, like, certain, like, made-to-measure dresses. So, like, you would go to him and be like, I want a Balenciaga dress. Oh, so, like, he didn't have, um, like, a specified collection. Yes, there was no fashion show or anything. Made-to-measure, basically. Made-to-measure, yes. And then, apparently, they were making, like, uniforms for this, like, legit, posh Asian airline company. Like, I think it's a private airline company. I didn't know that. Yeah, so they were, like, they have stewardesses, like, wearing Balenciaga uniforms. Hmm. That was, like, amazing. So once the Gucci Gucci group bought it under Tom Ford, then they started doing fashion shows, and they elected... um, I learned something new today. um, That's why when he made um, the deal with Gucci group, 
um, Nicholas Gasquier was sort of like shareholder of Balenciaga. Mm-hmm. That's why when they sold it to Kirin, they were fighting over like well, percentage yeah, rights and so whatever. A, yeah, he uh, had a stake, a in, stake it. in it. Yeah. So they kind of talk about that a little bit. So now he's at Louis Vuitton doing great, um, reinventing it again after Mark Jacobs left. Um, and I really liked him. And apparently they were friends back in that um, pre Gucci group era um, Grace and Nicholas. Or Nikolai, if he's giving French. giving me a whole history lesson. Right. I had no idea. Yes. So I, I so I, that's the reason why I love fashion. I love great content. I've loved it for years. I love Balenciaga. Um, you know, and the Herreras oh and God. the Laurentas of the world. Well, you so, just have an obsession with Carolina Herrera. I do. So at my other job, I work at a spritzer place. And I just keep spritzering curling her all over the place. Oh, my God. My coworkers are like, you need to stop. I'm like, it's other that or white diamonds. That's terrible. <laughs> they were like, how about none? <laughs> so what are you obsessing about? Um, I'm watching Nailed It right now. Yes. The holiday special. It's hilarious. Um, So I'm like. There's only seven episodes, though, so I'm trying to ki- trying to pace myself. Um, I got my sweaty Betty bag in the mail from London. Nice. Did I tell you I ordered yes. this bag? Okay, so I finally got it in the mail, and it is everything that I hoped it would be and more. Um, so, actually, if you guys have never um, shopped with them, I recommend it. They do have their inherits out in London. Okay. And then it's under my understanding that they are also in Bloomingdale's here. You can't get them online, but it's my understanding that you can get it in the stores here. Mm, okay. Um, or in certain select Bloomingdale's, I should say. But um, it's kind of like the British version of Lululemon. Okay. Um, it's is kinda, it pricey too or no? It's, yeah, it's about the same price oh, bracket as, as Lululemon is. But Lululemon is ridiculous. Well, okay, so here, just to give you an idea, I ordered it because it was on sale during um, Black Friday weekend. Uh-huh. I got a Black Friday special on it. They were running all weekend. I think it was like 30 or 40% off I got on it. And it was originally $165. Wow. So, and I ended up paying 115 So that's the only reason I bought it. That's not bad, though. But I mean, it's in the same price bracket. Exactly. As as uh, Lululemon. Right. So. No, but Lululemon is ridiculous. Like, they want like headbands for like thirty five dollars. I'm like, for one. <laughs> what are you doing with headbands? Are you wearing that? Like the or, workout ones. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're wearing those when you're like spritzering. Yeah. Uh, Carolina. Yeah, because you know you work up a sweat when you're. <laughs> So yeah, so I've I bought that, so I've been doing that and then that's about it. I've been staying low key because twenty nineteen is gonna be a busy year for me and you. We're go for Italy. me. Who said we're going to Italy? We just talked about it like an hour ago. I get that, but I didn't say I was going this year. Oh. Ugh. I got a wedding to be in. I got That's so re- family the coming. It's... That they want to go on a trip from here. Where to? I don't know. 
Have you done to go to New York? Let me know. So you go we were talking the Bahamas this year. Oh, I don't want to go. You've never been? It's a great time. You should. I don't know. I don't like going to places where I could probably be um, abducted and then be traded in for sex slave. Okay, not for anything, but it's an all. It's a closed resort. Oh, okay. It's on a separate island. Okay. So you're good. Okay, then I'll think about it. Maybe on the bus right over, we just open the door and we like. Push oh my you god, out. no! <laughs> and you know, survival of the fittest. Oh, as long as I have like a phone or something or a flare gun, a match. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, you're, I'm just saying. Okay, I'm just well, saying. <laughs> Um, well, well, I guess this is it for this year. Thank you guys for walking up, walking, walk. Can you talk today? I can't. Thank you for welcoming us to your house, to your cars, to your ears, your ears. Was it more than anything, right? Are you drunk? No. <laughs> Are you drinking early on Sunday morning? I had some apple juice. Yeah. Apple juice in quotation. Apple juice and Jack. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Um, no, no. Yeah, thank you. It's been an amazing ride. Um, we'll be much better at it next year. Um, season two of Sure. Um, yeah, just We should go so back much. and rename all of our episodes and label those all season one on iTunes. That is true. I didn't think and about that. And then come January, season two, or label this year season one, and then... When you get to January, label them season two. Season two, yes. Mm-hmm. And we'll bring more content. We'll have more guests. Um, we might do like a live episode. Like, like stream a, live? Like live stream, yes. He's got this thing that he's got to stream everything live. I don't... I don't stream everything live. No, but I'm saying like you want to stream all of our episodes live. Not all of them. And that forces me to like go put makeup on and actually look like a presentable human being. You don't have to. I mean, if you're going to have a guest here on top of it all. Right. Okay, we're done here. We'll both put makeup on. I'll buy the, sh- the, the Chanel. <laughs> the boy, the Chanel oh, speaking of that before leaving, have you seen the, the commercials for Boy the Chanel? No. They're really interesting. Good interesting or bad interesting? I think it's good. Oh. Like, they, they show you how to apply the makeup. And it's not even makeup. It's just like... Eyebrow. I would lo- go. The please eyebrow. go buy this. Maybe that'll be the second half of your Christmas gift. Is I will go buy that, and you have to put it on. I was telling my friend, I'm like, I want to buy like the face cream mm-hmm. where you you know you're supposed to look younger, but for me, you know, I'll just probably wake up the same. So whatever purchase you get, it comes with a lip balm. Oh, that looks like a lipstick. Can you buy this directly at at uh, Chanel, or do you have to? Either or. Buy it through, like, a department store, do you know? Um, it's only on Chanel.com. It's not at Macy's, mm. from what I understand. Um, but if you buy the the eyebrow pencil, it comes with the paint, the makeup oh. formula. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. So you, it's just, it just, it tells you what to do, too. So I thought that was really interesting. Hmm. It's something to share with you guys. But anyway, guys, thank you for an amazing season. We had fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. And yeah, it's been fun. And thank you. I can't you. believe the year is over already. I know. Isn't that crazy? Like we just started yesterday. I know. So, but thank you again for allowing us to uh, put together this crazy little dream. And 
um, right. broadcast, you know, twice a month to people that, ironically enough, the people that follow us are literally all over the world. It's exactly. really interesting. Yeah. Um, so thank you. Please make sure you share, you subscribe, you comment. Yes, um, we're send still us waiting any for our feedback. First okay, now you just sound desperate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have a little bit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but just, it'll be nice. Either Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Um, something. Um, yeah, but thank you so much. You know, like we said in the first episode, just something that we talked about and then we finally did it and now we're here a year later and more to come. Absolutely. And also thank you to Popular Studio 1405. I had to look out the window. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for accommodating us and always... Being our IT support. Yeah, being our IT support. Except for today when I was our IT support. <laughs> right. Um, (laughs) yeah but yeah and this one literally was like no no, i think i need some juice bye and he dipped real quick i was like okay bye hilarious (laughs) so um but yes have a wonderful christmas Christmas. have a wonderful new year have a wonderful break yeah if you don't celebrate either or yeah um and we will see you at the start of the new year probably the first week of january right we'll have an episode i would yeah i would think yes okay Sounds wonderful. Sounds wonderful. Have a wonderful holiday. Have a wonderful holiday. Bye. Bye.